and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. All right. Welcome back to part two of our Paper Girls discussion. I hope you have your hydration ready for our Lord and Savior, Lesbian Jesus, because this is the part where we jump into all the queer stuff. Taylor Hickson gallon water jug coincidentally got not knowing she had one. I have us. I have a women's soccer glass because lesbians. Oh, yes, us. All right. So for this section, we're going to talk about mostly KJ and Mac, who are the queer characters in this show. And we're going to start first with Mac. So Mac is the typical Gen X kid. She's a latchkey kid. Um, She's the most impoverished out of all of them. Another kid who's forced to grow up way, way too young. She's a tomboy because she's forced to wear her brother's hand-me-downs. And as you can imagine, that gives her a bunch of trauma. So... Brie apparently has a rant about Mac, and we're gonna yeah. we're here we're here to hear it. Brie, go go off. Let's My rant about Mac is a personal rant. It's not about I pre. Okay, so I can separate the character and the themes and appreciate that. So I appreciate that, but the other side of it is. The character of Mac is every person that I wanted to punch in the face growing up. And even today, for some reason, Mac just pushes my mother flipping buttons Mm -hmm. and makes me want to throw her off a cliff. And I know that that's supposed to be the case. And she's supposed to buy Caitlin. Bye, Caitlin. So she's soon. Su- Caitlin, we just started with the gay stuff and now you're leaving. Come on. Supposed to be that tough, annoying. And I, I understand that that's her armor, but it yes. gets to me on a personal level where I, it makes me care less about the character. It makes mm-hmm. me. It makes me not want to watch their story. Mm-hmm. I understand why. And I understand all of the layers of why Mac is the way she is. I just cannot. I can't. They made, they made Mac, to me, the most unlikable character. Even when they humanized her later on. The first impression stuck with me to the point where I was like, okay, she's tolerable now. Not to the I love her standard. I had the where, exact same like, experience. I feel I got, thank same. you. I got like, I got to a point where I had a, at least a um, respect and sort of verger, verging on love for all the other characters. But Mac always remained... Like, I tolerate Mac. And Mac got the, the shortest stick of all the characters, in my opinion. Yeah. As far as, as far as her life was concerned, I enjoyed the parts of the bonding that she had with her brother in the future. However, even her personality at that point was too crass for me. It's a personal thing. I get it. 
she's just too crass for me. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you remind me of everyone that I, that annoy. She reminds me of all the customers that used to come in and complain <sighs> when I worked in retail. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. 100%. She has that kind of energy. Yeah. Not the Karen energy, but the person that comes in and you know that they're just that person that has a chip on their shoulder all the time uh-huh. and that they're not being mean to you because you did anything, but they're still in there treating you like she treats people like shit so that she doesn't have to get close to them or understand them or, and because she's just angry in general and that bugs the shit out of yeah. me. I, I completely agree with all of that. I gained a much better pre- appreciation for Max as a character after reading the comic books. And to me, that humanized her a little bit more. But I, I had the exact same problem with Mac. Like, it was just that first impression. And I was just like, mm, you're my least favorite. Because I just, I don't like that personality. Mm-hmm. It was the personality, the personality thing. The wrong way. And logically, I understand why. And we'll get into all of that. But, like, I had the same feeling towards this character. So yeah, it's like, uh, uh, that would be the character that I would want to spend the least amount of time with. If I had a like, what character would you invite to dinner? Kind of. I mean, she would eat food and then spit it out on the floor. So we saw her. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse (laughs) me, me, ma'am. I remember watching that scene with with my wife and she's like, I fucking hate kids. (laughs) Because of that scene. She spits it out, puts it on the table. We're like. God damn. We're, I think it's because, like, we're too, person, like, personality and growing up wise, we're like, manners mattered. And also, like, there's their rules. Totally. And Mac doesn't care about rules, and we care about rules. Yeah. Well, Mac, Mac had no like, rules growing up. That's part of her problem. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. She reminded me of some of my little sister's friends from school that I wanted to punch in the face and kick out. <laughs> the house and and okay caitlin caitlin's making faces and I, I feel bad i'm not making faces it's i i mean the way that mac goes about things isn't great but i understand mac and, I mean, I'm trying not to bring it up too much, but it's relevant here. I, not that we had the same childhood, but, like, the same type of thing. Like, I had to grow up quick. When I was younger, I was homeless. So, money was such a huge thing. And I think the scene in the mall was the time I really saw Mac. When all the girls were talking about going to the toy store and begging my mom for tickets. And Mac is just sitting there like, I couldn't do any of that stuff. And then KJ brings up, I believe it's KJ, brings up her brother fishing for coins in the pond, Mm -hmm. in the fountain. Yeah. And Mac has to say, we needed money for lunch. All of that kind of hit me. Um, I'm trying to figure out where to go with all of this. And it's... In a way, it's hard to talk about. 
And there, that's the second, those are the two sides, I feel like. It's the side I go through, which is I internalize everything. I became less confident, more timid. And Mac is the other side where she became very hardened and tried to block people out so she couldn't get hurt because she didn't have people there for her. And I think that's the difference between us two because I had my mom and she was always there trying to make things better, but Mac didn't have that. And when you're sitting there listening to other people who don't understand, it's such a hard thing to sit through. When I was in school, I went to a pretty rich school district and I had kids all around me saying, you're so lucky you have a beach house and a cabin. We just had to sell our cabin. And I'm just like, literally, it's just homeless. Currently living in a converted barn in a one bedroom apartment with my mom and her boyfriend. I slept in the living room. I had a, another family member that my mom took custody of, then her sister, and then my older brother, who's 13 years older than me, we were all sleeping in the living room. So for these people to not understand, that was just the first time that I went through it. And then there was another time where in social studies, where we were allocating budget for the government. And of course, one category was homelessness. I had to sit there and listen to these two boys that I was working with say, we shouldn't give any money to the homeless. All they would use it for is drugs and alcohol. And when you, this, I don't even know if this is a relevant rant, but. Do it. When you grow up in that situation and you see Sorry. No, you, you, you got this. You take your time. Take your time. I really didn't want to cry. I'm sick of crying on this podcast. <sighs> we'll pick happier subjects. We're sorry. <laughs> I mean, I didn't notice in the beginning, like, like the first time watching through and then like really trying to understand Meg. Yeah. But what I was saying, when you go through it and you have someone in your life just trying to make everything better and you see them working so hard and just to have other people not understand it and what you've gone through and just be so inconsiderate but not even knowing it, I guess ignorant in a kind of way, but you can't fault them because that's what they knew and you're story is completely different but that's why she lashed out especially in that scene because it's you just want people to understand how lucky they are and when people complain about what they had and or have it's so hard to sit through Mac had to take care of herself and Especially talking about all these characters, you just see how relatable they are. Because you talked about Erin having to take care of her sister. I wasn't the oldest child, but mentally I had to grow up. So I was the older child when my a family member 
my mom took custody of and she basically became my sister. Well, the two maturities, I was the older one because I was forced to. I knew about all of her money issues. In seventh grade, I remember being so scared about money that I asked my mom to see all the finances and I wanted to do the budget. So I knew that we'd So you had more control and you could make sure that you got sort of a, you felt like you had no control. So you had to grow up and take and help take control of and the like situation. Of mind so you could you feel safe okay. and you could feel like your family was safe. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, so I knew that we'd have enough money. Yeah. Like my mom wanted to buy me a belt. I would fight against it. I just, I feel like I'm just so off on a tangent. I just. No, you're not. I still no, relate to Mac. No, you're not. I just understand her. Yeah. Yeah. I know I had more, but. Well, that's, that is that a huge is... point that you made, so. Yeah. And, you know, there are people who, like you pointed out, that in real life who will never know Mac's story. Mm -hmm. And because of that, easily brush her off as just like, ugh. And I think in the mall scene, she kind of takes, like when K KJ, okay, we'll get to why KJ is bringing up that story. But when KJ brings it up and mentions like, oh, you're, you and your, your brother was fishing coins out of the, out of the fountain and you kicked him in. I think she kind of took that as like, oh, you guys are delinquents versus yeah. like, and she took offense to like what they were doing. And that's, that was like the breaking point because she thought she was being made fun of basically. And that's like a big trigger with her and her brother because of everything you just said, the way people would look at her and be like, you're trash and like not even try to empathize with her position and like her family situation and just brush her off. And her and her brother were forced to just create emotional armor and project, you know, the opposite of what they're feeling. And she gets, and one of the first things we hear from, about her is when, um, in the in the pilot, when uh, Tiffany and Aaron meet up on the paper route, and then Mac comes in. Tiffany calls her Big Mac, and so that's again who Mac is trying to be. She's trying to be bigger than she is because, again, this is another kid who has no control over their scenario. She is stuck in the scenario and doing her best. She's in survival mode too, like they kind of all are in a way. And Mac's armor is just projecting the opposite of the way she feels. At the end of the day, she's a sad kid. She is a sad kid who has nothing and no one who really shows her healthy affection. And she's, she's very insecure. Scared. Huh? She's scared. She's terrified. And you you don't understand. You can't. You can't. A lot of these characters, like, you can't understand unless you live some part of their life. Exactly. Exactly. And so she comes off as crass and mean and that's because she's projecting the opposite of what she feels you know um she's other she's trying to tear others down because they tear her down first without knowing her um and that's you know the the outburst at the mall is a big culmination of all those things for mac like where she was like kind of with this group of girls but really doesn't fit in with any of them at all and it becomes very apparent in that moment and so she she's hurt and scared and it's just like I'm going to find somebody who understands me, my brother, I'm leaving. Like he, he lived my life too. He gets, he gets me, you know? Also, 
she has the hope that she would be able to turn her life around. Yep. And when she grows up, that she could control things. So when she finds out that she doesn't have a future. Mm -hmm. Like that speech that she that she has where she talks about how her entire life, like she can bear could bear everything because in the future she was going to get to turn it around. Like none of this stuff could touch her because she always had that to look forward to. And that was the most significant part like the really big crash of her story was when she finds out that that's not true, that everything she'd been relying on as a coping mechanism so that she could get to that day when she could be free in a way and be able to control her life wasn't going to happen. And it's like, fuck, what was it all for? Like there's, I don't have anything like that was my only thing that I had. It's gone now. And then she has that chance to, like, that chance to stay and have her brother take care of her and for him to find a way to save her and to find out that he, that she, her death was the reason that he got his shit together. It's way too much for a 12 year old to process. <laughs> and even though Mac's not mentally quite 12, uh, as far as like Mac had to be older in some respects, she still has a 12 year old brain. So it's just too, it's a lot. I think it's the most impactful of the, the stories in a way. Yeah. Her story is the most, tragic irony out of any of them so in the comics they explain why she has cancer and so in in the show it's presented as cerebral lymphoma when she's 16 but in the comics they explain it's actually not that um to modern medicine that's what they're calling it but really the the kind of cancer she contracts is a genetic mutation that happens from time traveling. So this whole thing she's going on is actually what gives her this cancer. And even in the future, it's incurable. So it's this whole like, like tragic irony thing that happens to Mac. If she never would have went on this, she would have never actually had this thing that ultimately kills her. That's incurable. That's why like, it's not explained in the show, but when we first see the time travelers in episode one, the heck and Naldo, they have these weird deformities on their faces and these like metal things. And it's because they have that cancer from the time traveling. And these are like the medical things that kind of keep it at bay, but eventually it kills them. That's actually what happens to Mac. So it's, it's horrible what happens to her. Um, but there, there's things hinted at with Mac and Dylan about like that, how that changes Mac in this, in this way. And I kind of want to like segue into Dylan and Mac, if that's cool with you guys. So this is the second set of siblings we get to see in the show. And we're, we get glimpses of young Dylan and young Mac, um, like in the first episode, I think. And this relationship is, very similar in the comic books, the way these two are with each other. They're both latchkey kids. So they're like neglected. 
um, angry, sad kids, little to no parental supervision. Like dad's always at the factory. And then when he's not, he's tired at home doing nothing. And the stepmom, Mac comments, she's always exhausted and like passed out on the couch fighting with my dad or she just takes off. So like these kids are on their own. But despite all of that, it's very clear that these two love each other. Like Dylan sticks up for his sister, despite the way he his bullies her too. He sticks up for her. So it, it's clear they love each other. But because of like their environment and how their parents were and all that stuff, they have a very twisted way of expressing that. And it's it's very sad, but that they do love each other at the end of the day. And it's just a product of the way they were up, up, brought up. Future Dylan is something that was added into the show. And I think it was so beautiful. And I love this choice because it really fleshed out Mac and like what Mac could have been if she didn't have this whole cancer thing happen to her. And it's shown through Dylan that even though like they had these really rough upbringings, if they had the opportunity to change and took it, what they could be, like they could get themselves out of that poverty, like, like, and get themselves out of that situation. And like Dylan explains kind of how he did that and the catalyst for that. And really it was Mac's death completely changed his life. Like, and he says to her, you don't, when, when um, he explains like, Hey, you die of cancer and she's processing this. He tells her, you don't know who you're about to become. And it's this hint that Mac's outlook on life completely changes with the cancer diagnosis. Once she realizes, Hey, I'm trapped. This is it it seems like Mac completely changes her tune and like kind of morphs into a different person. I think she's still, a, she's brave at the end of the day. She's still brave through this, but it seems like through this um, cancer diagnosis, when people start changing their tune around her too, she seems like she's able to communicate her feelings better. And this is hinted at when Dylan says, I knew you wanted better for me. So I got my shit together and became a doctor. So it seems like Mac was the one who was like, I love you, Dylan, when she was dying and got through to him. And he's like, I'm going to do this for her. And like, she impacted him through communicating, which you can see they're terrible at communicating with each other's kids. Like they're just like hurling insults at each other and all that kind of stuff. Cause like, that's what their dad was doing, honestly, at home. And that's where it came from. But like Mac changes and, and ends up impacting Dylan in this really beautiful way. Um, I want to note one fun thing too, because I know this is all, the Mac stuff is really heavy. I love when he brings her home to his wife and he gives her this code name, Kimberly. <laughs> and Mac's like, ew, <laughs> my name's Joe. And okay, I love this because not only is it like, obviously she's queer, so she's picking like a gender neutral name. Mac in the comics is a bookworm. There's a scene with her going to, they show her going to a library and there's this conversation that happens where the librarian hints at the fact that Mac reads above her grade level. And you would never know that by just looking at Mac and just on the surface, but like she's actually really intelligent and, and does read and libraries are like her safe place. And so I think she got the name Joe from something like Little Women, or at least the writers picked it from Little Women because Joe in Little Women is is actually supposed to be gay, but the writer was forced to change that because of a homophobia at the time. So I think that's the nod there. And I do love that little detail of Joe. All right. So uh, episode... Was, oh, go, go, go. Sorry. I was going to say that it was very... That I enjoyed that... The scenes where 
Matt gets to be in her brother's life for a hot minute. And the, the like the kid fight, the kid type fight that Matt gets in with her niece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Because they're, they're like, oh my god, we have to go to Chili's. <laughs> like, no, that I think that girl pissed me off the most. She does. She actually pisses me off the most because she's the definition of privilege. Oh my god, we have to go to Chili's. <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite of everything that they were growing up. Yes, and that's exactly. why Max like, what the fuck is this kid? <laughs> like, so okay, I I will pick apart that scene. Right now, I wasn't planning on it, but okay. I love that scene because why are they at Chili's? Because I think as kids, Dylan and Mac, that was like- That would have been like, yeah. we get to go to Chili's? We get to go to Chili's. Yeah, that's like, that's reaching for the stars. We get to go to Chili's. So he takes them to Chili's, but to his daughter, whose name I don't remember, Winter, something stupid. Something dumb. Something dumb and privileged and super white that I hate. Whatever. Okay. To this girl, th- that's like- beneath her she's like we go to like michelin star restaurants that's where me and my friends go she's like what is this place this place is trash but like and so mac gets offended like when she's like why the hell are we even here these portion sizes are huge like you can give this to homeless people and like stuff like that like she's like knocking the thing that her and dylan aspired to and she that's why she like lashes out at this kid and like starts getting mad at dylan because she's like what the hell this is like your daughter like this is like wilder to beat up kids like this like (laughs) Ugh, I feel so bad. And, like, wild, whatever. Fuck fuck her. If you're a Wilder fan, look in the mirror. What are you doing? That's a- I know. That's the ultimate, like, pick a- pick a privileged white-ass last name and name your kid that as their first name thing. Okay. I know we can- oh, wait. I also know we can confirm this, but I don't want to. I want to speculate. That it's probably got that stupid white people's spelling where it's like W Y W H Y L X. Yeah, and it's like wilder. Yeah, I know and you're how like, it's get, the, get out of here with this nonsense. Okay. Anyway. Okay. No, I don't. That's how it's no, called. I no, do. I don't. You can text um, it to me. I have a scene I, I want to talk know. about. Text it to me because I want to know. But I. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. okay. What I don't I know gonna, what other scenes you're going to talk gonna about. I'm going to go to the fireworks scene. Um, next. The. Which scene did you want it to? The vet. Pause. I'll I'll tell you now. Go, like, what was your scene? She taught her talking about. Okay. Yeah, you. I, I, I wasn't going to talk about that. If you want to talk, do you want to talk about that now? I was just going to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, you the can Dylan, do that because it technically does have uh, to do with Dylan because she talks about, about the fireworks scene and bringing his kids. So yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. All right. So back. All right, so to wrap up the Dylan and Max stuff, I wanted to talk about a scene in the scene in episode four where him and her uh, go out and play with fireworks. And again, this is not in the comic books, but I really love this whole scene because this is when he apologizes to her for like their childhood. He's like, I'm I'm sorry for all the bullying and the violence that we experienced and my part in that. Like he admits I bullied you. Like cuz he was he's the oldest child, she's the young, the youngest child, and he bullied his younger sister. And he says to her, "You and she tries to like brush it off like that's just normal. Like that's fine. That's that was what life was." And he says, "You know what happened to us as kids wasn't okay." Like, right? You understand that? To insult him because that's 
what she learned. That's the anytime somebody gets through to you like that, that can hurt you with their words, you insult them back, like hurt them first, go, you know, go lower kind of thing. And he's like, no, he's like, I love the whole time with Dylan. He really shows that he really learned from his childhood and their experience and really genuinely wants to do better. And he says to her, hey, it's on you and me. It's on us to do better than our parents. And I just love that. And and we get the impression from the rest of this conversation that Dylan cut out their dad. The dad was the toxic one in that family, clearly. Like Alice, the stepmom, changes her tune once once Mac gets sick and like really takes care of her. We see her later like still going to Mac's grave and like she clearly like loved Mac, but like was trapped in that toxic situation with her dad and probably wasn't being super affectionate in the past. But the dad was the the root cause of all of this. And Dylan's like, we don't even talk anymore. And and we see the homage to to the stepmom because he named his youngest daughter Alice. And and I love that she's the cute, sweet one, because like that's who the stepmom was. And they're kind of showing you that with the kid. And and Mac is hearing this, hearing that like, you know, there are people in her life that did love her, but she's like not at this point in a position to really accept that because I don't think she thinks she's worth anything. She doesn't think people care about her, like not really. And so she's still very resistant when Dylan's trying to tell her this stuff. And like later she has this, um, oh, because Mac has like in general, a lot of internalized shame about who she is. And it's, it's, it's shown in the comics a lot too, that she has like internalized homophobia and stuff too. And it stems from all of this like trash talking that happens at, at home of like minorities, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but like that she internalizes all that. And it be, and for her, it becomes self-hatred. Like that's how she internalizes it. And like, I love that Dylan is, is, is constantly in these conversations with her being like, don't say gay wad. Like that's not okay to say anymore. Like don't, don't do these things. Like it, you know, and and when they were to go back to the Chili's scene, that part of that outburst too, what when like Wilder's being a dick and like she Mac lashes out at Dylan, they have this conversation where later where she's like, "You're embarrassed of me. Like you changed because you're embarrassed of me. Like that's what this is. Like because it's that internalized hatred she has, um, and and she feels very inadequate. And it's like, you know, the toughness isn't protecting her. It's like you know, and but Dylan really stepped up to like help them both and and he tells her in that moment like at the chili's like i love you like he says it out loud you have to imagine mac probably never heard that growing up like from anybody including dylan because dylan was also being a tough guy and you know mm-hmm. saying be you know affection is weakness and that kind of stuff and and he mentions like we have something that not everyone has right now like we have a second chance and i'm gonna make sure you live the life you deserve and, and it really shows like how much her brother loves her. And I think that's really the first time Mac gets that love that she just never has. And it takes her a few episodes to like understand that people love her. And it's just so, so tragic. But I love that it comes from Dylan because he is the only person who really understands her because he lived that life too. So I love that they chose to do it this way with her brother because they're on equal footing. And it's just a brilliant choice that I really love. And it humanizes Mac in such a relatable way. And I love it. Um, you mentioned that Dylan yes, cut out his father, but like still is in talk with Alice. I just wanted to mention it is okay to cut out family members who are awful to you. Yes. 
because if they are just making your life worse, you don't need them, no matter who they are. Yes. Just amen. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Exactly. Did you have another scene? I do, but I'll say it after yours. Okay. So I, (laughs) I have a scene that I love. And it's when Mac is pretending like she has a future. Damn it. Come on. It's my Bye, turn. Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Bye, Caitlin. We're never not going to do that. Just so you know. Yeah, I know. It's going to be on merch soon. <laughs> um. yeah, I actually really want that. It has to. You look really nice in a white sw- uh, hoodie. Just saying. Would. Okay. <laughs> Now that I'm fully distracted. Uh, when Mac is talking to Aaron about her future, because Aaron's probably like, your life is probably so great. And the way that Aaron describes her future, like at first she's like, probably a middle school school. And like, you just see her like slowly thinking, but then she comes up with uh, probably for animals. And then Aaron goes, so a veterinarian. Like, yeah, but horses are my thing, and yeah, like, and I go to their farm, but I have my own place too. And Dylan likes to bring the girls, and they like to feed them carrots. And it's just so sweet because you know, Mac has like subtly been thinking about this in the back of her head like, what would I do when I grow up? And adding in Dylan, and even though two girls that even though she doesn't like Wilder. But just thinking, like, if she was grow, if she grew up with them, like that would be her family, and she would be connected with all of them. And just to be able to be hopeful for that one second, even though she knows she will not get that, I just you get to see like the humanization in her because there is something like she wants better for her life, and I just really. And it's just really sad because you know she won't get that. And I just I would love to see that. You can just like see the pain on her face too mm-hmm. when she's having this conversation. Exactly. Like, it just, yeah, it, it hurts. I wish that there was like an alternate universe she could go to just to see it. That would can be we have a season three and four where we go to an alternate universe? So oh my God, <laughs> that that'd be can amazing. Have a Listen, the TV show deviates enough from the comics. I say it's possible. I think that yeah, and if they if they do get a season two, I think we'll get into Max oh, yeah. cancer situation. They didn't. Why? They did we not do well. the the time traveler thing yet. So they could yep. just not do that exactly. and then cure it, and then she could have her future. And I just really want to see it. Uh-huh. I just want the best for her. <laughs> I know. And I have to say, I love that she's a horse girl. Because as I found out, so are me and Brie. So relatable. Exactly. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I was like, would you picture her as a horse girl? Yes. It's like just from the beginning. I want would KJ you? to take her riding. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so cute. Wouldn't it KJ be cute? KJ would be great at horseback riding too, because she's athletic. Yeah. Well, didn't she mention it? Am I crazy? Doesn't she mention riding horses at some point? 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Mac makes fun of her. For I know it. she makes yeah. fun of her for it, but I don't know if it's true or she's just like, no, I thought it was true. No, because she said yes or something to that effect. Oh, okay, then yes. Ooh, I missed that. Oh, I love that so, uh, so much. Because like, in my mind, I was like, oh, well, they could have that. That's like that one little gay connection where they can get closer. And... Oh, my so, God. So, Theora, are you oh going to uh, write that one shot? <laughs> so, KJ Maybe. could. Yeah, KJ could take. <laughs> Mac horseback riding, and that could be their first date. Oh, oh my god, that's so cute! I'll think about it. Could you question. imagine, like, when they got to say Mac's cancer didn't kill her? Like, they get to like seventeen, eighteen, and like, because I feel more comfortable. <laughs> I love you so much. I feel more comfortable about that. No, I agree. I could just see them being like super cute, and Mac not wanting. To admit that she's totally into this whole situation. I know. And not like, wanting, yeah, and not wanting to be like, oh my God, we get to go to Chili's. But it's like, oh my God, horses. Horses, yeah. <laughs> but still I'm trying hearing. to look cool. But KJ knows the whole time uh-huh. what's going on. So yep. she's like teasing uh-huh. Mac about it. And <laughs> I love this. So In my head, oh it's my like God. the day after the death day. So, like, she knows the day she's about to die, but then she reaches it, and they the next day, they go out horseback riding to That'll just be, be like, we have a future. <laughs> they got their first kiss on horseback. Okay, everybody, just to hydrate for the story, because this is, I just, yes. We're going to hydrate for everything just for the um, Lesbian Jesus Manifest This, season two. Let's go, Lesbian Jesus. Oh man, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh are we much. are we going to talk about the comic as a whole, or is it just pizza, bits and pieces? I'm just putting bits and pieces in. Okay, so I speaking of one shots, the end of the comic. Oh well, I'm going to talk. About what party? Hold on, pause. What party are you going to talk about that? What party are you talk about? Just a picture, like not not actually. Oh, okay, okay. Because like yeah. the KJ back stuff, I have. No, 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 yeah. no. Anyway, no. go. So. <laughs> Speaking of one shots, in my head when I finished the comic, at some point in the last quarter of the book, they're all sitting around and they're smoking cigarettes. And in my head, I'm like, well, there's going to be Theora writing a one shot about the dangers of cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, they definitely tone down the smoke. I appreciate this, too. Again, it's a product of the time. Like, my mom grew up in that time and was smoking when she was a kid. Like, that's a real thing that was happening. We don't see that as much now. So I love that they, like, it's in the comic a lot more. But in the show, they never really, they don't show Mac smoking. Like, she she mentions it a lot, and then they show her flicking a cigarette bud. I love that they don't show it, because, ew. I also like that older Tiffany had closed cigarettes, and... Mac disses her for it. Yeah. <laughs> <And he's> like, <laughs> those aren't, what those aren't are count. clove cigarettes? Like clove the spice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm so you confused. Can, you can smoke those. Yeah. It's like a hippy dippy thing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why Mac's like, ugh, what is this? Hippy dippy crap. Exactly. That's like, that was count. Mac's energy. <laughs> okay. I have one last Mac-centric scene that has to do with Aaron. Because okay. all the Mac stuff is super heavy, 
But this was a super cute scene. And that's the scene in episode five in KJ's house when they're in the closet, like putting on jackets and like grifting <laughs> all the money. Oh, that was a cute scene. It's a super cute scene. The whole oh, yeah. scene is just adorable. I love, I actually really enjoy the Mac and Aaron bonding scenes. Like yeah. all of them are really yeah. good. Like those two. This one was super cute. And there's one detail in there I just want to point out because you can miss it. And it's just, it says who Mac is very easily. She puts on one of the jackets and asks Aaron, does this look chick? And that's how she pronounces the word. And she's mispronouncing the word chic as chick. And this is a comic detail because Mac's a bookworm. So I imagine she read this word. And you know how when you read words, you don't know you're pronouncing them correctly. Mm -hmm. So she probably read it in her head as chick. And she's trying to, she's feeling like vulnerable with Aaron because they're bonding and so she tries to show off her vocabulary and mispronounces the word and it's such a human thing like I absolutely just love it Aaron's like don't you chic <laughs> it's she's just like I don't think that's how you say that it's just yeah it's so cute and it's just a little bookworm detail about Mac that you might just miss but like I that's why that's in there I was like, I'm picturing oh a hardened Matilda <laughs> I mean kind of yeah that's it reminds like, me of every time they ask you to read out loud in class and the terror yeah. that you're going to mispronounce something. But that <laughs> like, and also having to listen to the other people like oh stutter. I'm just like, it's this word. Okay. There's two I, sides to it. I was the type of person that would read ahead and find my sentence and just fixate on my sentence until yeah, we me got too. There. So yeah. I wouldn't even he hear the other people. So like I hated exactly. that exercise because I'm like, I can't enjoy the story because I'm panicking about my sentence and I can't. It, it's the fucking worst. Or like if if you don't even know what your sentence is and you're just trying to count and fi figure out which one it would be yours, but then something yep. messes up and you're like, no, mm -hmm. it's not Fuck, my it's this one. Exactly. <laughs> and then... So basically, you learn nothing. It's yes. a terrible. It's a terrible way to teach literature. Stop yes. doing it if you're yes. still doing it. It sucks. Please or it. only do it to the people who want to. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want. Well, we people read to me. In I don't know which which Shakespeare play is it Macbeth or Hamlet where they do like the. I don't know, but we made it into raps. Like my oh, teacher yeah. actually rapped the rhymes, and no, it was I, just no. We, we we paid attention so well. I would die of secondhand embarrassment for number one, mm -hmm. and number two. She was I also the theater teacher, so. But the only person that can read Shakespeare to me is Bob. Yes, Bob Fraser. Never met Bob. Well, lucky for you, you can watch our interview with Bob Frazier. <laughs> you want to get to know him better. But he's so theatrical when he like delivers lines. Yeah, I would I would love to hear him do Shakespeare, which he has done many times. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, he knows the material. Exactly. But I don't want to hear my fellow student rapping. To no, me I don't. And I don't no, no, no. Hear my, I don't want to hear my teacher, teacher rapping to me. <laughs> Unless <laughs> my teacher is Lin-Manuel Miranda, because the man's <laughs> a genius. I would love. Yeah, that's different. Or Bob Fraser. Or Bob Fraser. Just actually reading it. Well, I just want to say that she did great. Okay? I'm just saying. Well, kudos to her. I still yeah. wouldn't be able I still wouldn't be able to absorb the material that way personally. No, me neither. No, yeah. I don't do out loud, like with other people. Yeah. I can't do it. I have oh, to Oh yeah, we always had to do the plays out loud, like actually acting it. No. No. 
no, thank you. No, thank I'll you. watch the play, not participate, see other people do it, and then read it for myself and understand. See, the thing it. is, yeah. I was also in theater and stuff, so like I guess that kind of helped. Yeah, me. yeah. Helps. No, it totally makes sense for totally, you. I just totally. think that Theora and I had a um a, a similar learning, style, a similar learning style. Because <laughs> I don't want people talking to me unless it's like. Like, a lecture's bad enough for me to pay attention to, but I also still like oh, no. those. And yeah, the me projector, too. like, the projector stuff, like, I can deal with that. Uh-uh. Nope. I'm good. But nope. do fucking not make me listen to you give me the material in a way that is unusual in a learning environment. It's Unless it's hands-on. Yeah, it's distracting. It's distracting. If you put it in a song, I memorized it. I could no. not, I couldn't learn. I couldn't learn. I had a problem learning the whole, you know, when people are like, oh, well, it's a memory um, trick or whatever. Trick. Yeah. And they'll be like, this is how you memorize all the nerves, the cranial nerves. Oh, I suck at those. Never fucking them. worked for me. Yeah. I, I just had to memorize the them. Bones. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I learned some of the bones from Hannah Montana when I was little. It didn't. Yeah, that not, does not, not work everyone's for me. gonna. Some people will get that, and those are. <laughs> you know, the only thing that really actually did sometimes help me is when we had, uh, like anthropology labs and things of that nature, where you got hands on with bones and you could yeah. put the. Oh, if we, if we got to do anything hands on, that's that's the best way for me to learn. That's I think that's why I did well in science with all the labs and stuff. That's why I I skipped chemistry and took two years of physics instead, because we could do that. Wait, no, we did a lot of stuff in chemistry with... No, I I mean that I liked physics better as it made more sense in my head. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Rather than combining, like, all of the the equations that... The cooking experiments, yeah. The cooking experiments, I needed physical things to happen and build. So physics okay. was more my, also, I love space and physics. Oh, space. Me too. I loved, <laughs> I took a, a strong, I have, way always have track. to no. consciously, <laughs> I know, we have a whole episode just about Mac, but now school, but uh, astronomy and astrology, I consciously have to like think about before I say the word. So I took astronomy and I just, I've always loved space. Yeah. I took astronomy too, but I had the, I t- the in, in the lab. Our teacher was like the most fucking amazing guy because Aww. he he the first day we got there he's like all right it passes out a what is my brain those cards a note like a not a note card index right card now. thank you index card oh, everyone it says write down the grade that you want for this class <laughs> and of course you know what everybody wrote and you go back up and he's like all right as long as you participate and engage you'll get that grade. And basically that he said that that's how his university worked. It's like when he went to university, hmm. they wrote down the grades they wanted for each like class. And then they went out and did basically independent study for the entire of his yes. university. And as long as they had like their thesis and whatnot to show for it at the end, and it passed all of the standards that it was, fu- that that's how they learned. That's I love that. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of school and astronomy, we're gonna go to KJ. <laughs> Wait, no, I was one more thing. Oh, never mind. All right. I'll oh no, no, no go ahead, go ahead. Do you have more about Mac? <laughs> Sorry, I thought no. it'd be a funny transition. That's why I did no, it. No, it would be school. <laughs> oh, okay. I, it was just one sentence. Go, go, go. 
I said I freaking loved forensic science. You can continue now. Yes, KJ. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. It's <laughs> what if that's the perfect segue, actually. <laughs> Forget what I said. Let's go. We are gonna talk about KJ, aka Karina J. Brandman. So okay. KJ is her differing quality is she's the Jewish golden child. That's who she really is presented to us as. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And that clouds the way she sees the world. So before I mention things about KJ, do you guys have KJ rants? I guess I love KJ. I love KJ. (laughs) I want KJ's hair. Her hair is great. Her hair is gorgeous. She's like the perfect 80s. Yes. person like totally. it, like she embodies that like sort of but chapstick in between tomboy and not tomboy not 80s early 90s lesbian that yes. i just fucking love she looks very gay she's so gay i love her i love i i love kj she's the one i relate to the most <laughs> i also love that the um what is her the what is, is her name prior prior pyrus 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 Paris, yeah. Is so stuck on KJ Brandman yeah. because of like, her uh, killing her brother with the hockey stick. Oh. In my head, all I saw was Indra. So. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. That's Same. my problem. Same. That's my oh, problem. God. I'm like, oh, that's all I see. I'm I like, oh, that's another reason my brain kept getting confused during Paper Girls because I'm like, uh, uh, expecting. You know, Juan Hayden to come out or something. <laughs> okay, there's a couple of like the for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the the, the hundred and um <laughs> I know I almost said it. The hundred. There's a couple of the hundred parallels in here. That's one of them. There's another one later that I will point out. And I love it. But yeah, I, I love this actress. She's so great. Me too. And she's not KJ, but <laughs> I love her. She's so good. Mm-hmm. The Pyrus is awesome. She's in so many things too. She is. And yeah. she, I'm like, she's a great actress. It's filmed in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. The Cooves. The Cooves. Uh, Not okay. a big community, apparently. <laughs> Every once you get into any specified kind of industry, you're just like the common phrases. It's a small world. Yeah, and it is. It's a small. It, I mean, it's a big world, but it is small because. You're not going to see everybody in the people. When you get into microcosms of, like, you're like, these actors, we know they're good, they're established, and here you go. Um, I so, have something yep. that I love about KJ, but it's a scene, and I don't know if we're talking about that right now. Which scene is it? The table one. Under the table. I wasn't going to talk about that. So, yeah, go ahead. Alright, so one of my favorite things, <laughs> I don't know why I love this so much, but when KJ's just trying to process that she killed the, the guy, but she's just laying under the table with her chin on her hands like this, and I don't mm. know why, but I just love it, because I'm like, alright, I get it, <laughs> in my head it made sense for some reason. I'm like, yep, that's where you would be. It's such a kid thing to do. Yeah. It's just like laying under furniture. It's kind of like a turtle, though. Like I do this now. That you're trying to. <laughs> it's a human thing. It is. It is. A, it's a turtle. I completely agree with you because I do that sometimes. As and even when I was a kid, 
what I would do is go into the bathroom because that's a place no one bothers you. Mm-hmm. And I would take my comforter and my pillow and get in the bathtub and read. It's a I safe love that. space. That's so cute. So that's what I felt when she was under the table was that was like her space, her safe space. There was something above her. Yeah. It was like. And it like kind of blocked her in. Like I yeah. think I used to do that too. Like you just kind of. That's why like, I kind of like burrow into the couch and just like kind of mm-hmm. like enclose it. So you're just like, I'm good. I'm safe. Yeah. I got my spot. Yeah. I just, I love that scene. And she's just adorable. It's very just cute. Just laying there. And then Erin, I loved adult Erin trying to like bond with her. I was yeah. just, she's like, yeah, sports. And then young Erin's like, you don't fucking know anything about sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye, Caitlin. Hi. Bye, Caitlin. I love that. I, I love older Erin. I really do. That scene was super cute. The only time I found KJ annoying, because you know, me and the kids, there was one time I found KJ annoying and it was when like they were having trouble getting her to move forward and go after she killed oh. them. I'm like, oh my God, just run. <laughs> oh, I know. She like panicked. I have like, a whole... I get it, but run. <laughs> I have a whole thing about Kaylee Wait, which KJ part? and her violent streak. We will talk about after she hits, knocks him out or like kills him with the, oh. hockey, the hockey stick. She like, yeah, like right in the beginning. Before I knew about her, what I know about her, I'm just like, oh my god, you're so annoying right now. Get out. Run, little girl. Like, I would have been in shock. Well, yeah, that's what was starting to happen. My brain goes into emergency. Right, survival mode. Emergency survival mode. And so I'm like, all right, what's the best way to handle the situation? Right, feelings later. We get to, yeah, uh, process feelings later. Those don't come into it. We go. Yeah. Where it is safe. All right. So, KJ. All right. I I love her. She's my favorite. Just super biased. I wore my lacrosse shirt for her and her hockey stick Aww. and her uh, field hockey. I know. I love That's her. Cute. But I, I I love that she's presented as like the golden child because that's kind of like the archetype she falls into. Mm-hmm. But. Even in the first scene we get with her, we sense that, like, again, there's more under the surface with KJ. And it keeps coming up in the theme of her bat mitzvah. That keeps coming up. And even the first time it's mentioned, like, you you get this, like, sense of fear from KJ or resentment about this event, the bat mitzvah. And the first scene we see her and and where that comes to light is when she goes in the closet and sees the dress. And it has some note on it from her mom. And you just see this just, like resentment and just like pass across her face and that this is like a theme throughout the whole thing with the bat mitzvah and i think it has to do with the fact that kj is the golden child trapped in this life where her mother is controlling her so kind of like how tiffany's mom kind of like pushed her into the success route kj's mom tries to curate her entire life for appearances and it's symbolized by this dress hanging in the closet And I love this because this whole thing is very symbolic of like who KJ is. Like she's a girl hiding in the closet, like hiding her true self while she's resentfully going along with what her mother wants. But that dress, wasn't it like the exact one from the comic? It's the exact, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the exact one from the comic. No, it's not really a spoiler because later KJ sees a picture of herself wearing it 
Like, so she does wear the dress. But yeah, it's the exact one from the comics. The very, like, 80s... Thank God this doesn't is not in fashion anymore kind of dress. Like, poor... I'd be pissed off, too, if I was like, I have to wear this. Ew. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to wear a dress. No. Mm. I. That's where I relate with Mac, where she's always like, fuck dresses. I'm like, yeah, girl, fuck that. I hate dresses. Oh, my God. I, my mom put me in dresses and did my hair for hours when I was a baby and like toddler I was like nope not nope. doing it nope gross no thanks yeah yeah but not only is it hideous like I think it's a symbol of like KJ's how KJ's being oppressed like as a kid and traumatized mm-hmm. um and so and I want to go back to for KJ that uh, that scene in episode one in the kitchen where they're sharing the chocolate bar because this is when KJ brings up the bot mitzvah to everybody else and th- at that time, they're, like, sitting in this room. They think the world's ending. They're, like, there's probably a nuclear attack. We don't know what's going on. I think the world's ending. And her silver lining that the world is ending. And she's, like, well, at least I don't have to wear that dress to my bat mitzvah anymore. Like, that's her, like, bright spot. Like, and yep. it says so much about KJ and her life that she's, like, well, at least I don't have to do these stupid things my mom wants me to do that I fucking hate doing. Thank God the world's ending. I have ending. a few of those things. Totally. I, I mean, it's much. it's relatable, isn't it? It's very relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, but also the way KJ says that, it's so, like, bitter when she delivers that mm-hmm. line and just dark. Like, and, and you get the first hint that, like, KJ has a lot of darkness and demons she's dealing with, even though she's presented as the golden child who's rich and has houses and has everything given to her. But she's, like, being oppressed by all this shit and actually yeah. has a lot of darkness to her. And that's Money doesn't why, mean that your life is amazing. Yeah. It can mean that there's, it has the appearance of it. And that can be even harder sometimes is when you have the appearance of it being amazing and then underneath. And that's why she says the thing about layers or that's why there's that theme yeah. about layers. Yeah. Is because underneath she's having her life shaped for her when she doesn't fit into that. And she doesn't quite at that point time know why she doesn't fit into it she just has the feelings of i don't fit here yes and um i'm assuming you're going to get into this later on with she sees her adult self but i (laughs) absolutely like her story was the most relatable to me in the queer oh it's so good i can't wait to talk about it you just sit there and you're like holy yes. fuck those feelings like <laughs> yes you just you just realize because you during that whole time period where i was like realizing all of this i was older than her and so i had a little bit more uh i don't know maturity Context. in some ways to deal with that and i also wasn't from 1988 as far as like at the time it was in the early 2000s so it was a lot more everywhere and you saw more represented. So there were not, don't get me wrong. There was I s- still a lot of things like I was totally in love with my best friend at the time. And she would do things like, Hey, would you, cause she was a pitch softball pitcher. Ha ha. Here we go. Here's. The- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she was the pitcher on our, on our team. And I would have to like massage her arm or she would have me do it between innings and so she was like um pull her shirt off 
in some yeah. instances because yeah. it was the muscles in the back. Yeah. And then she would be like, it's okay because you're not gay. <gasps> and then we both turned out to be gay. <laughs> you know what? It's still okay. <laughs> but it's like, it's like you say that totally. because you're warding that off. And I feel like that's a big part of KJ's story is her Absolutely. warding all of that off to not deal with it. Like she doesn't know how to process that. Yeah, she has no idea. And we will absolutely jump more into her her processing this, being like oblivious to like realization is my favorite thing in this show. The way it's paced and done through the lens of a 12-year-old, I've never seen anything like this before. And like, I agree with you. I was older when I like came out, but like I was starting to realize what was going on around this time with K- like KJ's progression, but like it's written and handled and acted so fucking good. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's real. Oh man. It's so. Bjorn real. and I both found this show separately. Didn't tell each other that we watched it. And the first time that we found out that we both watched it, this is what we gushed about. Yes. It's just like, it's so well done. It's and Fina, the actress nails every single one of those like, gay processing and realizations and panics and like all of she nails it like it's so fucking real i i love it i love fina and the fascination yeah like like, the fascination like having the curiosity yeah Yeah. like all of it it's just this and what i love the most having like read the comics none of this was in the comics none of it all of this stuff her storyline is completely different and this is the single thing I think that elevates the television show beyond the comics was how they did KJ and all these choices. Fucking brilliant. This was brilliant. And we will. I think we're going to get more of this in the next episode, but. Oh yeah. Oh, spoiler. Uh, there's another episode. <laughs> there, there was, um, it was too fast in the comics. Too fast for, to acceptance. I agree. Yeah. I, I think Especially at that age. Yes. Yeah. That's why I think this felt so right the way they wrote her, because this is a 12 year old processing all of this. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, they don't even know what crushes really are. And like, it's not like she's processing it about herself. Like, she's seeing it. Okay. Yeah, that was completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that because. Yeah. Okay. So, next episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait. I have more about just KJ in general. Yeah. Um, This is just her as a character. We'll, we'll get into the actual her and Mac and all that stuff later. But. Um, I just, I, I understand her like trauma too. Cause it's like this, it's a lot of this is like generational trauma. Cause like, um, mm-hmm. again, her parents are coming out of the post-World War II era where like they were some people, as we see later, still don't think highly of Jewish people. And so like KJ has that kind of like trauma in the comic books, her like, um, field hockey mates call her Jewish slurs. Like, so she's getting like traumatized also and so her parents are overcompensating by like being perfect citizens hosting parties and having the perfect daughter because she's an only child so she's it so her parents like hyper focus on her and try to make her the image of perfection because they're trying to be the image of perfection but like like brie like you said so eloquently like kj doesn't fit in this life and at this point in time has no idea why and so her journey is figuring out this is why I don't fit in. This is why I don't want what my mom wants. Like 
I am different, like fundamentally. And just all she knows now is that I hate this and I resent my mother for making me do this. But the way she talks to like the kids in the kitchen when she's like super bitter about it, I think KJ has never said this out loud to anybody else before. And it's coming out now because the world's ending. But I think that she thinks about this constantly and like you see it on her face when she sees the dress and it just, she has nobody to confide in either about what she's feeling. So it's also like, difficult to you know kind of think about that she's a 12 year old trying to like figure out these like huge things and why they're miserable at home and like she's by herself she has no sibling to talk to nobody understands kj's life like she cannot relate to any of these kids about her life because she doesn't have a dylan she doesn't have a missy like she's like really isolated and she's in the closet by herself like metaphorically speaking and she's stuck in the box of her fluency i guess like yeah she yeah. doesn't and and i feel like there's also i think she deals with guilt about complaining about things also oh my god yes yeah so yeah. like she she's like i have all this stuff i should be happy i don't need to i shouldn't complain but then when people get to that sore point for her it's like come the fuck on like you i don't have a perfect life come on <laughs> Yeah, she she says it to Mac later. We'll get into the, we'll break down the scene. Um, but when she's with Mac and she says like Mac's like ragging on her about the cars and like all that stuff, and she says, "Yeah, all that stuff looks great on the outside, but like inside, it's just really confusing." Exactly. That's the scene that I was trying to reference earlier. Is that one where she's yeah. like, "It looks great until you see what You're it really in it. is." Yeah. It, yeah. And I love that that's this constant theme. It's just, yeah. And, and I love what you said about KJ not feeling like she can complain because like, I think she does get that she's privileged and she's like, but I have my demons too. And like, I need to talk about them, but I, who can I talk to? She has no one to talk to. Like her parents would dismiss her and be like, just do it because we said so. And like these other kids have less than her, like, you know, yeah, so she feels like it's, uh, like, she can't talk to, the, she, like you said, she has nobody to talk to you. There's, there's even the other paper girls, uh, most of the time aren't going to be the right outlet for her. So, but yeah. you see later on, they get to the point where it's, it's a lot easier for them to listen to her. Totally, totally. Okay. Okay, so before we move on to like the gay, gay, gay stuff, I have one more thing I want to bring up about KJ that's comes up multiple times and is like a surprising thing for the character. And that's KJ's violent streak that she has. So we talked about this a little bit already with um, in episode one when Pyrus, uh, not Pyrus, Pyrus's brother uh, corners them and is like, about to like attack them. KJ is the one who like reflexively attacks him back when he starts threatening them. It's like this instinctual thing where she just like attacks him. Like this is a 12 year old who doesn't take fighting classes and just like attacks this man immediately when they as a group are threatened. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out where this comes from. And I wonder if it's like the, all this manifestation of like the pent up rage she has from like just not understanding her life. That. Yeah, go, 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 go. It's basically flight, fight or flight, though. Because, I know, but, but she's a fight because the last time she was 
like Mac was kind of attacking her in a way, or like Aaron was like insinuating that uh-huh. she knew something. Yep. So she was panicking. And so at first she was trying to fly, like go walk away. But then I guess Mac brought her back and like that was her fight. So she picks where I feel like a lot of people pick flight. She's picking fight. And like that's, of course, we don't know where that's coming from. But like it really is that decision. It just feels like there's something that startles her about that uh-huh. that makes it come from a darker place. Yes. It, it, that's what it feels like that's what they're insinuating. I agree. That she would she has this darkness or violent tendencies in her that she never expected or like knew about mm-hmm. until she gets in these situations where she is given the decision to either to do, you know, like these things because you don't expect a 12 year old girl to beat somebody to death yeah and the the turtle scene that you guys are talking about her conversation with Aaron older Aaron is why was it me and not one of the other girls why did mm-hmm. I attack him like That's she didn't it. know she was capable of this she just it, it didn't seem like a decision it seemed like she just acted like that was an instinct that's mm-hmm. her instinct and she's like why is this my instinct yeah so that's what she's battling with is yeah her, do I have violent tendencies am yeah. I like like that yeah, and like, is that going to be my future, like in my future or something? Yeah, and I mean, even just... Mac makes a comment later where she's like, "Well, I bet future KJ's in prison, mm-hmm, like, because exactly. she sees this darkness in KJ that no one else really sees, and KJ's seeing it for the first time. She's like, "Wow, I have all this darkness, and why do I have this darkness?" And because Mac sees the violence in her, totally. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mac sees they right through get KJ. each other. They do. Um, and then I like that you brought up episode five when. After poor KJ sees her future and freaks out about it. And then she punches Mac um, because Aaron basically provokes her. And then KJ punches Mac. But I also love that she punches Mac because um, later in the club, Mac is complaining about this. And she's complaining about KJ to Aaron. And she's like, um, one minute she's saving my life. And the next minute she's punching me in the face. And I, this is such a like kid with a crush thing, too, mm-hmm. where you're just like, pulling your crush's hair and all this stuff. And it's kind of what KJ is actually doing um, in a way. Yeah. So I also love that. So it's like, um, I'm drawn to you, but get away from me. Yeah. And <laughs> I <hate this. laughs> I'm picking on you because I like you kind of thing in a way, but right. Um, also because Mac represents all the things she's scared about in herself. So I, <laughs> yes. that's really what, mm-hmm. yes. all of that but yeah poor kj and i don't know that she ever really deals with the darkness within her which is kind of sad but again it goes to show you like you don't really know a person like you wouldn't know from seeing kj she has all this darkness in her but later like mac is the one who sees it she's like wow you're really fucked up and dark like but no one sees it because you're quiet (laughs) i feel like once she like does start to accept herself though doesn't go away but like it she because older we don't get to see older kj that much but she looks so happy and i think that's the whole thing is she's not happy and that's why she's so angry like if she had something good that she felt good about maybe those tendencies wouldn't be there well she's an animal trapped in a corner yes literally 
all of what you just said. This is like, it's like Mac, this is a sad, unhappy kid. But KJ, instead of lashing out at people, is just quiet. And then she has to get pushed past her breaking point. Then she lashes out. And it's not words like Mac. She just goes right to violence. And I'm yeah, really it's <laughs> But not to like towards people. Just, you just get to the breaking point. Well, it happens, so... Um, is that do we have anything else to say about KJ the character KJ the character there's much more to say about her in the context of her queerness and her and Mac there's a lot more to say there's so much more but uh, that's it for KJ uh, just singular in other words in other words come back for the next episode where we talk about the queerness and the Mac where we get really gay where we get really gay and hydrate even more Let's I'm, hydrate. I'm like we, almost out of water here. I know, me too. We, I'm gonna have to get more. As we say goodbye and go get more water for some of us, just here's a toast to, to Mac and KJ. I did that the wrong order. I didn't realize that's what we were doing. That's okay. It's still it's fine. It's fine. See you next time. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.